Centers of Reconciliation. In Bruce Milne's book, he argues that the church is meant to be a center of reconciliation. This is in the book called Dynamic Diversity. This idea of a reconciliation center is predicated upon the vast division in society, division which is normally comprised of the four major categories of class, age, race, and gender. According to Milne, a center of reconciliation is a place which seeks to reconcile the divides found in those four categories. In other words, a center of reconciliation is meant to either mend, bridge, or even transcend these categories of division and or distinction, to borrow the verbs used by Milne. Where then are these centers located? What is the most appropriate place to see this reconciliation take place? Well, the answer varies from person to person. Generally speaking, these centers are understood to be, or at least meant to be, the societal structures of nations, states, and cities. And the engine for the reconciliation of class, age, race, and gender is legislation. While this is a popular opinion, and legislation may indeed have some validity in contributing to fair and just societies, this is not the answer for true reconciliation. It is also not the answer that Milne gives. Instead, Milne suggests that the most appropriate place to see this reconciliation take place is not in legislation, but in the church. Yet his reason is not due to a moral argument that the church is the arbiter of truth, or that a theocratic society is the most preferred variety for considering the legislative process of reconciliation. Instead, his reason is due to the fact that the church is described as nothing short of a new humanity. That is an argument of transcendence, which is quite appropriate for transcending divides. A reasonable follow-up question to ask of Milne's argument is, what does it mean that the church is a new humanity? The Apostle Paul describes this to the Corinthians, quote, All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. 2 Corinthians 5, 18-19 And this whole discussion from Paul is predicated on the previous verse. Quote, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Based on the testimony of Scripture, the church is the heartbeat and center of reconciliation. It is to the bride of Christ that God has gifted and entrusted the ministry of reconciliation. And this means that anything short of the ministerial context of the church is short of the full realization of reconciliation. This is a profound answer offered by Milne, especially as issues of class, age, race, and gender are primary issues that legislation and political science seeks to solve. It could well be argued that the church is overstepping her bounds when she seeks to enter into the realm of state by assuming that she holds the key to solving these issues. But according to the Apostle Paul, the whole idea of reconciliation is a heart issue, one which requires a new humanity altogether. And if the stakes of reconciliation are high enough to require a new heart, no one would argue that such a problem could be fixed by legislation. New hearts do not come into being by legislation. New hearts come into being in a new humanity. With that grand thesis in mind, 
Here are some personal considerations of my efforts towards reconciliation in my own ministry context. It is important to stress here that I don't think contextualization is something the church must take ownership of. This requires some clarification. God dictates by His providence who lives when and where, and as such, no church should feel burdened by their lack of diversity or boastful of their exceeding diversity. For example, demographics of class, age, race, and gender are not the same in all areas. Some places have more black people than white people. Some places are overwhelmingly higher income, and some places are predominantly retirement age. It is an artificial construct to insist that the church is only reconciliatory to the degree that they are equally represented along these lines in every church. This is simply not possible even if it is pursued. It is mathematically impossible to have equal representation in every category. If this is true, what is the right way for the church, and my church for that matter, to be a center of reconciliation? The answer is to stress the incongruity of partiality with the gospel of reconciliation. Partiality can be taught in a church context that is widely diverse or widely favoring a particular demographic. But either way, partiality rightly understood puts God's people in a position to either receive people of dividing categories into the flock with welcome arms or to take that understanding into the workplace and public square so as to speak life into those realms which are hopefully outside the bounds of reconciliation without the work of God's people set apart to that work. Further, reconciliation is found in the heart of those who understand that all humanity is equally condemned in sin and equally in need of reconciliation, found only in the gospel of Jesus Christ. As Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, they represented the entire human race, without partiality to class, age, race, or gender. All mankind fell in the sin of Adam, and all mankind was in need of a new humanity. As Cain killed his brother Abel and taunted God, Am I my brother's keeper? He expressed that all mankind, without partiality, is in a state of division toward one another as offspring of Adam and Eve. But the good news of a new humanity means that we move from a place of animosity toward God and one another to a place of reconciliation with God and with one another. This is the good news according to Paul, the message of reconciliation.